This Faith and Finance podcast is underwritten in part by Guidestone. Guidestone envisions a world transformed by Christian investing. Through screening, corporate engagement, and impact investing, our investment strategies allow investors to be more proactive with their investment dollars to make a meaningful difference in the world while preparing for their financial future. Learn more at guidestonefunds.com faith. Whether you own a business or work for a paycheck, earning money is probably something you think about every day. I am Rob West. While earning a living may be one of your priorities, you may not give much thought to how God thinks about it. Today, we'll talk with Howard Dayton about earning money God's way. And then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is Faith and Finance biblical wisdom for your financial decisions. Well, it's always a pleasure to have my good friend Howard Dayton on the program. He's the founder of Compass Finances God's Way and the former host of this program. Howard, welcome back. Oh, great to be with you, Rob. Well, we love it when you stop by, Howard. And you write about earning in your book, Business God's Way. And I want to dive into that today. But first, I should mention that we're offering this insightful book to listeners for a gift of any amount to FaithFi this month. So you can go to faithfi.com, that's faithfi.com, and just click the Give button to get a copy. All right, let's start talking about earning money God's way. Howard, what's the first thing we should know? Well, God owns everything, and he's your real boss, no matter if you're self-employed, Rob, or you work for someone else. Yeah. I love what Colossians 3, 23, and 24 tell us. Whatever you do, do your work heartily. As for the Lord rather than men, it is yes. the Lord Christ whom you serve. And even your ability to earn is a gift from God. Deuteronomy eight eighteen tells us, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth. Wow, that puts things in perspective. The next time you get uh, pretty excited about something you've accomplished, remember it's the Lord who gave you the ability to do it. All right, let's talk about some principles here. What principles should we follow as we earn money? Well, the very first one is that we should be totally honest, Rob. Yeah. Business people need to treat customers, vendors, even competitors with complete integrity. And workers, well, they need to be honest with their employers. I like to tell them, never steal even a pencil or a penny uh, from your employer. Mm, yeah, that's exactly right. And as we do those things, it's important to remember that we represent Christ in the workplace, right? I sure would agree with that. Jesus says in Matthew five sixteen, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Howard, when it comes to the business owner, owning and running a business, as you well know, is a challenge. What comes to mind first and foremost, perhaps a biblical principle that can help with that? Yeah, Rob, I think planning a course and being in order certainly come to mind. Now, Hmm. we might not think of being in order as a biblical principle, but it is. In 1 Corinthians 14, 40, it says, all things should be done decently and in order. And I would also add, not presuming on the future would certainly be another principle. Uh, James 4 warns us, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town, spend a year and make a profit. 
yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. Mm, That's so good, Howard. Now, the world would probably agree with many of these principles for running a business or earning wages because they help the bottom line, but probably not generosity, do you think? No, I sure, I sure don't think that comes to mind for a lot of folks. You know, the world often looks at making a living really as dog-eat-dog competition, but that's not how Christians should view it, especially when it comes to giving. Proverbs 3.24 tells us, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds what he should give, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Now, I don't think that means God will always reward you with material wealth, but he promises to bless those who are generous. And in my experience, he can do that in a lot of different and very creative ways. Well, that's exactly right. And there are a lot of ways to give, Howard. You could give a tithe off the profits. You could even give the whole business away like Alan Barnhart and Stanley Tam, right? That's exactly right. And, you know, I would take a look at how can you creatively give uh, and even stretch yourself uh, to give more than you have in the past. And then watch what God does as you're faithful to use your business as an engine for ministry. Well, Howard, thanks for stopping by and for bringing the counsel of Scripture, which is always where we want to look when we're talking about money and finances. God bless you, my friend. Well, thank you. Love the time together, Rob. That's Howard Dayton, author of the book, Business God's Way. You can get a copy with a gift of any amount to FaithFi at faithfi.com. Just click give. We'll be right back. At Faith and Finance, we're on a mission to educate, equip, and connect you and many others with the powerful financial answers found in God's Word. We're working to meet people right where they are through national radio programs, our app, website, and other resources. If you've benefited from this program, would you consider becoming a monthly Faith and Finance patron? Check out all of the benefits of a Faith and Finance patron's membership at faithfi.com and click Give on the homepage. We are grateful for support from Sound Mind Investing in the Faith and Finance program. If you have money in a retirement account or just a general investing account, you know the stock market can sometimes seem like a roller coaster. But it is possible to enjoy both profit and peace of mind in investing, no matter what's happening in the market. You can see a short video webinar on that topic at soundmindinvesting.org. Since 1990, Sound Mind Investing has sought to offer financial wisdom for living well. Soundmindinvesting.org. so glad you've joined us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West, your host, and I'd love to tackle your financial questions. Here's the number, 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. To Orlando, Florida. Hey, Matt, how can I help you? Hi, uh, thanks for taking my call. Um, I am calling because, uh, so I'm I'm fixing to get rid of um, a car loan. And uh, the only debt I have left at that point would be my house, so a home loan. And I was wondering if you had, uh, you know, a good strategy to give it, to give to me to for uh, you know to get debt free, pretty much. Yeah, very good. So tell me the debt that you have today. Well, in in two months, I'll I'll get rid of this uh, eight hundred dollar payment that I do on my truck every month. 
Okay. And so, so that's two thousand dollars, or a little less than uh, six, about sixteen hundred dollars left on that. And okay. I have uh, one hundred twenty-five uh, on the house. Okay. So after two months, you'll be debt-free except for your home, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. And what will you have extra per month once the truck is paid off? Eight hundred dollars. Uh, well, eight hundred a month. Eight, okay. eight, yeah, eight fifty actually. But. Okay, great. And do you have an emergency fund, Matt, of three to six months' expenses? Yes, yes, definitely. Okay, and uh, are you contributing to a retirement plan at work? Uh, no, sir. Okay. Do you have one available to you, or are you self-employed? Uh, I'm not self-employed, but they're not providing that at where I'm working at. And yeah, I, I change job a lot, so. Um, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm a tradesman, so I, yeah, I can be working with one company six months and yeah. someone else okay. for the rest of the year. Gotcha. But you you typically are W-2 employed when you are working? Yeah. Yeah, I do 1099 once in a while, but um, typically W-2. Okay. Yeah, so the I would get started on that before I'd focus on getting the house paid off uh, and open a Roth IRA for you and if you're married, you and your wife. Uh, if you're under f- age 50, you could put in 6500 each, so that's 13000 this year. And I'd do that at Fidelity or Schwab and use their intelligent portfolios. Beyond that, once you have the emergency fund and you're contributing to retirement, then I think absolutely starting to accelerate that mortgage payoff, just send that extra amount that you have with your check that covers your scheduled payment, and then you'd send an amount over and above that. That's going to help you get that paid off much quicker. Thanks, Matt. God bless you, my friend. Thanks for calling today. Uh, to Miami, Florida. Hi, Spencer. How can I help you? Mr. West, thank you so very much for taking my call. Your program has been a blessing to me, financially speaking, for the past few years. Yes, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Okay. I have have a 403B with Valic. Um, The company changes the name to another name now. My last statement, um, I had a balance of $39,000. But prior to my last statement, which was, in, which was in September last year, the balance was 52000 52, 52 so or 62? It was 52. 52000 okay. Correct. So when I received my last statement... Um, the balance went down to thirty nine thousand. Yeah. So I'm having I'm going to have a meeting with my financial advisor. So I'm wondering, uh, do I still, you know, make my systematic contribution towards that, or do I remove it? If so, what what will be your suggestions on that? Yeah, so uh, you you got a statement in September. The statement showing thirty nine thousand. That was a twelve thirty one statement. Is that right? Uh, no, the, the the statement I have is in uh, in September was fifty two thousand. Right, but when did what's the date on the statement was showing thirty nine thousand? That was um, uh, the beginning of January. 
Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So you've got a 25% decline in a quarter's time. I mean, the end of the year was tough. Market has recovered. I suspect it's, it's up, uh, somewhat from, from that low point that you saw there in, in early January, but that's a, that's a lot. So I would be asking the question kind of, what am I invested in? Uh, how did it perform against the market indexes that are equivalent to my investment allocation? And, you know, have them talk you through that and then just decide based on your age and risk tolerance, what you're trying to accomplish, whether or not you're in the right investments. Um, you're still with the company that um, offers the Valic plan. Is that right? Yes, I'm still with the company. Okay. Yeah. So you really can't, you know, the only thing you could do would be to change the investments inside the plan, depending upon what they are and and what the investment strategy is. I'd be inclined for you to wait for this to recover and keep contributing to it. Because keep in mind, you know, as you dollar cost average into this portfolio, you're buying stocks at a discount. I mean, everybody's portfolios are down, although, you know, the, the start to the year has been positive. Um, you know, everybody's down, which means with the same uh, salary deferral amount, you're buying more shares uh, with the same amount because these stocks and bonds are cheaper right now. That's a good thing because as the market recovers, whether that's, you know, next quarter or next year, you'll benefit from that. And I think the key is to play the long game. And then at some point as this account recovers, it would be important to look at, you know, was I too aggressively positioned for my age and objectives? And, uh, you know, should I make some changes to perhaps get a bit more conservative or no, I was invested right. I've got time on my side. I'm willing to take the volatility because I'm looking at the the long-term gain potential uh, of being invested with this money. How far are you away from retirement, Spencer? Um, I'm 54 now, and I'm looking forward, to God's will, um, to be um, in the market for the next 10 years. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, that's the good thing is that you've got a long runway here. And so I think the key for you is your your most powerful wealth-building tool is your income. Because if you can limit your lifestyle and just systematically fund this account over time, you will build wealth, and the market will help for you to overcome the effects of inflation. I just would want you to kind of look into and have that open and honest dialogue with your advisor as to what happened, why, how am I invested? Should we be looking at making changes down the road? But apart from that, I think I would keep systematically contributing and look at this as a long-term investment, okay? Before you go, um, yeah. you've all, I've heard you talk about uh, the government saving, uh, like you can invest $1,000 per year. I mean, even though I don't have an answer with you now, but can you touch base on that whenever you have a chance on the program once again, if it's possible? Just describe that just a bit more to me. I, I didn't follow that with the $1,000 This a was year. about like a, uh, this was like a government type of investment uh, with the, the government maybe, fund, something like that. Maybe That's the I-bonds? I bonds, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I can certainly do that, and I'll. I'll uh, we we have a couple of programs on that. If you want to go to our website, faithfi.com, and search for I bonds. Essentially, these are inflation bonds issued by the U.S. government. Uh, you can put in up to ten thousand a year. Uh, I would look at perhaps an I bond investment. You can't use retirement money. 
And I would only look at money that has a one to five year time horizon because you can't touch it for a year. But if you're investing for more than five years, this is not a good place to be because I think this high inflation is temporary. The I bonds are pegged to inflation right now paying 6.8%. That will reset in May and it's going to be based on the consumer price index. So if you have money between one and five years, you might consider putting in 10,000. You can do it at treasurydirect.gov. And for more information, check out our website. We'll be right back. We are grateful for support from Lightpoint Portfolios, which seeks out family and faith-friendly investments for 401k and 403b plans, integrating faith values and fiduciary duty. Lightpoint Portfolios offers retirement plans for a variety of organizations such as businesses, nonprofits, and churches. And we're grateful for their sponsorship of the MoneyWise program. More information is available at lightpointportfolios.com. If the heavy burden of debt is robbing you of freedom and peace of mind, Christian Credit Counselors can help. We're a nationwide nonprofit credit counseling organization that has helped over 300,000 individuals in the last 27 years get out of credit card debt 80% faster while honoring that debt in full. To learn how Christian Credit Counselors can help you, visit ChristianCreditCounselors.org. That's ChristianCreditCounselors.org. Or call 800-557-1985. Hey, great to have you with us today on Faith and Finance. I'm Rob West. All right, back to the phones. Let's try to get to as many questions as we can. All the lines full. We'll head to Coconut Creek, Florida. Michael, thanks for calling. Go ahead, sir. Yes, hi, Rob. I had a question about um, we have uh, money in the traditional brick-and-mortar bank, savings and checking accounts, um, and we feel like, you know, I hear there's a lot of high interest. Other banks, we can keep money that we need liquid, you know, for, you know, emergency funds and things like that between fifteen to thirty thousand dollars um and we're just wondering you know what banks you might recommend that allow liquidity and the highest interest in both bank checking and savings yeah are you comfortable using an online bank michael um yeah we 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 haven't used an online bank before but we would we would be open to that Yeah. Well, that's one way you can go. You know, the way I structure things is to have my local bank where I could walk in or drive through if I wanted to for my checking account. But then with a savings account, I use an online bank that's linked electronically. So with the ACH transfer system, you know, within a couple of days at no cost, you can transfer money back and forth. Um, The great thing about the online banks is, you know, they have very high uh, interest rates and no fees. So you could even set up multiple savings accounts for savings targets or goals. You could do that in the FaithFi app, or you can do it with actual physical accounts. But in either case, you know, you'd be getting rates right now on FDIC insured savings, fully liquid, you know, at 3.6% or higher. Whereas, you know, with a typical brick and mortar bank, you might be getting 0.1%. So I would look at bankrate.com to determine who has the best uh, rates right now. I'll give you three that I like just because they have great customer service and they're known for their very high uh, interest rates. Ally Bank, A-L-L-Y, Marcus, Marcus.com, that's the retail operation of Goldman Sachs. 
and then uh, Capital One 360. Any of those would provide you really high rates. You can use them for checking too. You just may find that you'd rather use a you know brick and mortar checking just to be able to walk in and see somebody face to face if that's important to you. So that would be the direction I'd go. And again, if you want to do research on other options, you could go to bankrate.com. I would also mention that you know more and more of our listeners are looking for a, a Christian solution, a faith-aligned solution for their banking needs, both savings and CDs, as well as loans. And our friends at Christian Community Credit Union would be delighted to help you. And part of what you're, uh, in, you know, investing in is they're taking a portion of what they receive and giving it away to further the gospel in a variety of areas. You can learn more at joinchristiancommunity.com. But, Michael, is that helpful to you? It is. Thank you. And also, I, just a question. I saw another one that you didn't mention was so fine. That that one says they have checking and savings. They looked like yeah. they had a high. Would you recommend that one as well? Or uh, yeah, I would. I mean, it'll be FDIC insured. Uh, they're have been around for a while now. They're a fairly large institution, and they are pretty aggressive when it comes to the rates. So they would be right up there, typically in terms of both savings and checking, uh, with the ones that I mentioned. Yeah, so I would I would certainly be fine with that. Michael, thanks for checking in with us, sir. Uh, Francis in Pompano Beach, just down the street from uh, Coconut Creek. How can we help you? Yeah, hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. I love your show. Um, I, my question, my question is, um, this, so my husband passed away and he had a 401k. I transferred it over to an inherited 401k and they told me that I could not take anything out from it until 67 years old. Just wanted to make sure that was right. Uh, yeah, so there are very specific rules uh, for inherited uh, IRAs uh, in terms of how you go about uh, taking that money out. And so I think the key there is to work with your CPA. Who was the one that you were talking to about this? Um, this it, It's at Fidelity is the company that runs, I guess, the 401k. It's for CBS or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Uh, yeah. So they, they should be able to give you the, the best information on what that looks like in terms of, uh, you know, how you go about taking that money out. Uh, the rules did change, uh, fairly recently, uh, with regard to the, the distribution on that. Um, there, you know, is no rule necessarily that you have to wait until 67 to withdraw the funds from a spousal inherited IRA in particular. So I think it would be worth talking to your CPA and just saying, based on the date of death and the situation here, uh, when, you know, do I need to take this out, if at all, or could I just let it continue to grow and take it out just based on my own, uh, you know, age and and the uh, the rules there for when I would need to start taking requirements minimums. Uh, that's probably what you'll find is that you would just need to begin taking required minimum distributions on this. Uh, but there are, uh, there's been a number of changes as of late. And so that's why I think, Francis, you'd be well served to talk to a CPA about this. Do you have a tax preparer that you work with? I do. So they would know about it because there's another 401k that he had that I was the beneficiary on. And it you know, I was automatically put on there, and I, I think I thought they told me that as a widow I could take it out at fifty nine, but I'm not sure. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I think your CPA is going to be able to look exactly at the situation. And again, a lot of this has been changing as of late. So it's going to come back to the date of death. And uh, they can tell you as a spouse, you would have certain exclusions on some of these rules, um, exactly when you need to take it out. What is your hope? Are you hoping to leave it in there and just take it out uh, through the required minimums? Or are you wanting to take a more significant distribution? right now? Well, I was going to leave one of them in there until, you know, 65. Um, but if I have to leave it till 67, then, you know, yeah, I don't want to pay taxes. I was going yes. to take the other one out a little earlier. Um, but I, I don't, if I have to leave it in there, then I would, I was going to give it to the kids. If I could take one out earlier, I would just give it to the kids. That was my plan. But they're telling me, you know, you pay taxes if you take it out and, and it's pretty high so yeah you, you know, certainly will pay that. taxes as the money comes out so that's really going to be the key is looking into uh, get, you know what is the required uh, withdrawal rate that you'll have to follow uh, and and they can tell you that so I would connect with your CPA and he or she can really outline all of this for you and make sure that you're you're doing this right because you obviously want to follow the IRS's uh, rules and, and regulations on this and it has been changing as of late specifically with the secure act it changed uh, these required minimums for inherited IRAs uh, a pretty good bit so take a look at that if we can help you further along the way Way, uh, Francis, let us know. God bless you. Thank you for stopping by today. Thank you for listening and being a part of the program. I want to say thank you to my team, Amy, Dan, and Jim Henry. Uh, thank you for being here. Come back and join us tomorrow, will you? I'll be here. We'll look for you then. God bless you. Bye-bye. Faith and Finance is provided by FaithFi and listeners like you.